0: The Law School of America Modern Interpretation of the Power to Tax Incomes The modern interpretation of the 16th Amendment taxation power can be found in Commissioner V. Glenshaw Glass Company, 1955. In that case, a taxpayer had received an award of punitive damages from a competitor for antitrust violations and sought to avoid paying taxes on that award. The court observed that Congress, in imposing the income tax, had defined gross income, under the Internal Revenue Code of 1939, to include gains, profits, and income derived from salaries, wages or compensation for personal service, of whatever kind and in whatever form paid or from professions, vocations, trades, businesses, commerce, or sales, or dealings in property, whether real or personal, growing out of the ownership or use of or interest in such property, also from interest, rent, dividends, securities, Or the transaction of any business carried on for gain or profit, or gains or profits, and income derived from any source, whatever. Note: The Glenshaw Glass case was an interpretation of the definition of gross income in Section 22 of the Internal Revenue Code of 1939. The successor to Section 22 of the 1939 Code is Section 61 of the current Internal Revenue Code of 1986, as amended. The court held that this language was used by Congress to exert in this field the full measure of its taxing power, and that the court has given a liberal construction to this broad phraseology in recognition of the intention of Congress to tax all gains except those specifically exempted. The court then enunciated what is now understood by Congress and the courts to be the definition of taxable income, instances of undeniable accessions to wealth, clearly realized, and over which the taxpayers have complete dominion. The defendant in that case suggested that a 1954 rewording of the tax code had limited the income that could be taxed, a position which the court rejected, stating. The definition of gross income has been simplified, but no effect upon its present broad scope was intended. Certainly punitive damages cannot reasonably be classified as gifts, nor do they come under any other exemption provision in the code. We would do violence to the plain meaning of the statute and restrict a clear legislative attempt to bring the taxing power to bear upon all receipts constitutionally taxable were we to say that the payments in question here are not gross income. Tax statutes passed after the ratification of the 16th Amendment in 1913 are sometimes referred to as the modern tax statutes. Hundreds of congressional acts have been passed since 1913, as well as several codifications, for example, topical reorganizations, of the statutes. In Central Illinois Public Service Company v. United States, 1978, the U.S. Supreme Court confirmed that wages and income are not identical as far as taxes on income are concerned, because income not only includes wages, but any other gains as well. The court in that case noted that in enacting taxation legislation, Congress chose not to return to the inclusive language of the Tariff Act of 1913, but, specifically, in the interest of simplicity and ease of administration, Confined the obligation to withhold the salaries, wages, and other forms of compensation for personal services, and that committee reports stated consistently that wages meant remuneration if paid for services performed by an employee for his employer. Other courts have noted this distinction in upholding the taxation not only of wages, but also of personal gain derived from other sources, recognizing some limitations to the reach of income taxation. For example, in Conner v. United States, 1969, aft in part and reverend in part. 1971, a couple had lost their home to a fire, and had received compensation for their loss from the insurance company, partly in the form of hotel costs reimbursed. The court acknowledged the authority of the IRS to assess taxes on all forms of payment, but did not permit taxation on the compensation provided by the insurance company, because unlike a wage or a sale of goods at a profit, this was not a game. As the court noted, Congress has taxed income, not compensation. By contrast, other courts have interpreted the Constitution as providing even broader taxation powers for Congress. In Murphy v. IRS, the United States Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia Circuit upheld the federal income tax imposed on a monetary settlement recovery that the same court had previously indicated was not income, stating, although the Congress cannot make a thing income, which is not so in fact, it can label a thing income and tax it. So long as it acts within its constitutional authority, which includes not only the 16th Amendment but also Article 1, sections 8 and 9. Similarly, in Penn Mutual Indemnity Company V Commissioner, the United States Court of Appeals for the Third Circuit indicated that Congress could properly impose the federal income tax on a receipt of money, regardless of what that receipt of money is called. It could well be argued that the tax involved here is an excise tax based upon the receipt of money by the taxpayer. It certainly is not a tax on property and it certainly is not a capitation tax, therefore, it need not be apportioned, Congress has the power to impose taxes generally, and if the particular imposition does not run afoul of any constitutional restrictions then the tax is lawful, call it what you will. Income Tax Rates in History. History of Top Rates. In 1913, the top tax rate was 7% on incomes above $500,000, equivalent to $13.1 million in 2020 dollars, and a total of $28.3 million was collected. During World War I, the top rate rose to 77% and the income threshold to be in this top bracket increased to $1 million, equivalent to $20.2 million in 2020 Under Treasury Secretary Andrew Mellon, top tax rates were reduced in 1921, 1924, 1926, and 1928. Mellon argued that lower rates would spur economic growth. By 1928, the top rate was scaled down to 24 percent along with the income threshold for paying this rate lowered to $100,000, equivalent to $1.51 million in 2020 dollars. During the Great Depression and World War II, the top income tax rate rose from pre-war levels. In 1939, The top rate was 75% applied to incomes above $5 million, equivalent to $93 million in 2020. During 1944 and 1945, the top rate was its all time high at 94% applied to income above $200,000, equivalent to $2.94 million in 2020. The highest marginal tax rate for individuals for U.S. federal income tax purposes for tax years 1952 and 1953 was 92%. From 1964 to 2013, the threshold for paying top income tax rate has generally been between $200,000 and $400,000, unadjusted for inflation. The one exception is the period from 1982 to 1992 when the topmost income tax brackets were removed. From 1981 until 1986, the top marginal rate was lowered to 50% on $86,000 and up equivalent to $244,810 in 2020. From 1988 to 1990, the threshold for paying the top rate was even lower, with incomes above $29,750, equivalent to $65,100 in 2020, paying the top rate of 28% in those years. Top tax rates were increased in 1992 and 1994, culminating in a 39.6% top individual rate applicable to all classes of income. Top individual tax rates were lowered in 2004 to 35% and tax rates on dividends and capital gains lowered to 15%, with the Bush administration claiming lower rates would spur economic growth. Based on the summary of federal tax income data in 2009, with a tax rate of 35%, the highest-earning 1% of people paid 36.7% of the United States' income tax revenue. In 2012, President Obama announced plans to raise the two top tax rates from 35% to 39.6% and from 33% to 36%. Federal income tax rates Federal and state income tax rates have varied widely since 1913. For example, in 1954, The federal income tax was based on layers of 24 income brackets at tax rates ranging from 20% to 91%, for a chart, see Internal Revenue Code of 1954. Below is a table of historical marginal income tax rates for married filing jointly taxpayers at stated income levels. These income numbers are not the amounts used in the tax laws at the time. Controversies. The Complexity of the U.S. Income Tax Laws. United States tax law attempts to define a comprehensive system of measuring income in a complex economy. Many provisions defining income or granting or removing benefits require significant definition of terms. Further, many state income tax laws do not conform with federal tax law in material respects. These factors and others have resulted in substantial complexity. Even venerable legal scholars like Judge Learned Hand have expressed amazement and frustration with the complexity of the U.S. income tax laws. In the article, Thomas Walter Swan, Yale Law Journal, December 1947, Judge Hand wrote, In my own case the words of such an act as the income tax, merely danced before my eyes in a meaningless procession, cross-reference to cross-reference, exception upon exception, couched in abstract terms that offer no handle to seize hold of leave in my mind only a confused sense of some vitally important, but successfully concealed, purport, which it is my duty to extract, but which is within my power, if at all, only after the most inordinate expenditure of time. I know that these monsters are the result of fabulous industry and ingenuity, plugging up this hole and casting out that net, against all possible evasion, Yet at times I cannot help recalling a saying of William James about certain passages of Hegel, that they were no doubt written with a passion of rationality, but that one cannot help wondering whether to the reader they have any significance save that the words are strung together with syntactical correctness. Complexity is a separate issue from flatness of rate structures. Also, in the United States, income tax laws are often used by legislatures as policy instruments for encouraging numerous undertakings deemed socially useful— including the buying of life insurance, the funding of employee health care and pensions, the raising of children, home ownership, and the development of alternative energy sources and increased investment in conventional energy. Special tax provisions granted for any purpose increase complexity, irrespective of the system's flatness or lack thereof. Proposals for changes of income taxation. Proposals have been made frequently to change tax laws, often with the backing of specific interest groups. Organizations making such proposals include Citizens for Tax Justice, Americans for Tax Reform, Americans for Tax Fairness, Citizens for an Alternative Tax System, Americans for Fair Taxation, and FreedomWorks. Various proposals have been put forth for tax simplification in Congress including the Fair Tax Act and various flat tax plans. Alternatives Proponents of a consumption tax argue that the income tax system creates perverse incentives by encouraging taxpayers to spend rather than save, a taxpayer is only taxed once on income spent immediately, while any interest earned on saved income is itself taxed. To the extent that this is considered unjust, it may be remedied in a variety of ways, for example excluding investment income from taxable income, making investments deductible and therefore only taxing them when gains are realized or replacing the income tax by other forms of tax, such as a sales tax. Taxation versus the states. Some economists believe income taxation offers the federal government a technique to diminish the power of the states, because the federal government is then able to distribute funding to states with conditions attached, often giving the states no choice but to submit to federal demands. Tax protesters. Numerous tax protester arguments have been raised asserting that the federal income tax is unconstitutional, including discredited claims that the 16th Amendment was not properly ratified. All such claims have been repeatedly rejected by the federal courts as frivolous. Distribution In the United States, a progressive tax system is employed which equates to higher income earners paying a larger percentage of their income in taxes. According to the IRS, the top 1% of income earners for 2008 paid 38% of income tax revenue, while earning 20% of the income reported. The top 5% of income earners paid 59% of the total income tax revenue, while earning 35% of the income reported. The top 10% paid 70%, earning 46%, and the top 25% paid 86%, earning 67%. The top 50% paid 97%, earning 87%, and leaving the bottom 50% paying 3% of the taxes collected and earning 13% of the income reported. From 1979 to 2007 the average federal income tax rate fell 110% for the second lowest quintal, 56% for the middle quintal, 39% for the fourth quintal, 8% for the highest quintal, and 15% for the top 1%, with the bottom quintal moving from a tax rate of zero to negative liability. Despite this, individual income tax revenue only dropped from 87 to 8.5% of GDP over that time, and total federal revenue was 18.5% of GDP in both 1979 and 2007, above the post-war average of 18%. Tax code changes have dropped millions of lower-earning people from the federal income tax rolls in recent decades. Those with zero or negative liability who were not claimed as dependents by a payer increased from 14.8% of the population in 1984 to 49.5% in 2009. While there is consensus that overall federal taxation is progressive, there is dispute over whether progressivity has increased or decreased in recent decades, and by how much. The total effective federal tax rate for the top 0.01% of income earners declined from around 75% to around 35% between 1960 and 2005. Total effective federal tax rates fell from 19.1% to 12.5% for the three middle quintiles between 1979 and 2010, from 27.1% to 24% for the top quintile, from 7.5% to 1.5% for the bottom quintile, and from 35.1% to 29.4% for the top 1%. A 2008 OECD study ranked 24 OECD nations by progressiveness of taxes and separately by progressiveness of cash transfers, which include pensions, unemployment and other benefits. The United States had the highest concentration coefficient in income tax, a measure of progressiveness, before adjusting for income inequality. The United States was not at the top of either measure for cash transfers. Adjusting for Income Inequality Ireland had the highest concentration coefficient for income taxes. In 2008, overall income tax rates for the U.S. were below the OECD average. Effects on Income Inequality According to the CBO, U.S. federal tax policies substantially reduce income inequality measured after taxes. Taxes became less progressive, for example, they reduced income inequality relatively less, measured from 1979 to 2011. The tax policies of the mid-1980s were the least progressive period since 1979. Government transfer payments contributed more to reducing inequality than taxes. Social insurance taxes, Social Security Tax and Medicare Tax or FICA. The United States social insurance system is funded by a tax similar to an income tax. Social Security tax of 6.2% is imposed on wages paid to employees. The tax is imposed on both the employer and the employee. The maximum amount of wages subject to the tax for 2020 was $137,700. This amount is indexed for inflation. A companion Medicare tax of 1.45% of wages is imposed on employers and employees, with no limitation. A self-employment tax in like amounts, totaling 15.3%, is imposed on self-employed persons. The Law School of America